violent crime on the rise in Papua New Guinea. There's a high security risk going there, and there are significant risks that you faced as a foreign national traveller going into the country. With authorities struggling to contain the situation, we set out the action needed to keep your people and operations there safe. Not travelling to certain areas, particularly the no-go areas of some of the cities and urban centres, and making sure that you're not openly displaying large amounts of cash or wealth. Papua New Guinea's Tribal Violence and Crime, a new podcast from International SOS. Hello, I'm Paul Osborne. It has been a difficult year in Papua New Guinea. A nation that has historically struggled with violence and criminality has seen those problems intensify. As in the country's past, elections this year proved a focal point for violent feuds. Police in PNG's capital are on high alert. As the election nears its end, unrest is rising and security is being stepped up. But in some areas, people are taking matters into their own hands. They challenge the boys, we chase them away. So we're defending our people. Reporting from Australia's ABC News earlier this year. Authorities have tried to crack down on the violence, but the results so far are mixed. It means Papua New Guinea is an especially difficult environment to operate in. And that's why a team from International SOS has recently been on the ground, gathering the latest intelligence on the situation there. Alex Murray was part of that team. He's security manager and head of information analysis and assistance for the ANZ Pacific region. And when I spoke to him, he discussed what led to the current rise in violent crime. This spiked particularly during the July-August election period. There were around 90,000 people displaced across the country and hundreds of deaths as well. We've seen it been rising across the country over the past two years in particular, particularly within some of the major regional capitals such as Port Moresby and Kimbe. Much of this crime is separated between traditional tribal violence and some of the more recent financially motivated crime as well. And that financially motivated crime takes the tactics of carjacking, thefts, pickpocketing and extortion. And that is also compounded by the rise and proliferation of rifles, pistols and also illicit weapons such as machetes and homemade guns and the new weapon called a catapult barb spear. Is there a difference between the situation you're seeing in the major cities and the more remote areas? Yes, there is quite a difference. Some of the major cities and urban centres are increasingly becoming more susceptible to organised crime from rascal groups. Port Moresby and Ley have been the sort of traditional crime hotspots, um, but that's also moving, as I said, towards Kimbe, where there are reports of two plus armed robberies a day, with carjackings frequently taking place between Hoskins and Kimbe town. Up in the Highlands regions, this is more traditional violent crime and tribal conflicts. This is typically interlinked with tribal conflicts, fighting over land, relationships, property and generational grievances. And in terms of the hotspots for that tribal violence, it's it's typically happening within the southern, western, eastern highlands, Anger province, Simba province uh, and Hela provinces. And within there as well, there are particular centres that are particularly dangerous at the moment, including Tarry, Mount Hagen, Hela and Nipper. Now, you mentioned these gangs uh, known as the Rascals. Tell me a little more about them. So the Rascal gangs are sort of the traditional gangsters in the region. So they're typically separated into three tiers. They used to be separated into two, but there's been an emergence of a middle-class rascal group who are generally sort of the educated young elite who are finding themselves out of employment opportunities and turning to crime. 
You then have the sort of high-level coordinated armed robberies by the top-tier rascal groups who often coordinate at a higher level and carry out some more sophisticated armed robberies and attacks. And then you have some low-level attacks by some of the drunkards um, and drug abusers in the urban centres. These groups often work together with one another and across tribal affiliations, where a lot of the times these groups would be distinguished based on which tribal groups they're part of. And they typically target those perceived as weakest or frail, with carjackings being increasingly common and extortions and large robbery becoming of growing concern as well. And what's actually behind this rise in crime and in violence across the country? One of the most significant factors over the last two years is the mass migration from the rural areas to some of these urban centres. What's happened is that Port Moresby's population has almost doubled in the last two years. Other centres as well have massively increased uh, in size and volumes. You have groups moving towards these urban centres. They don't have employment opportunities. There's a decline in some of the foreign investment projects as well. So they're increasingly turning to crime in order to fund their lifestyles. This is compounded by the fact that the rise in cost in stable goods such as fuel, grain, food, a lot of the times when these groups move towards urban centres, they are stuck in settlement areas whereby you'll have conflicting tribes stationed very closely to one another and then it's almost inevitable that groups either conflict or clash with one another or form uh, together various crime syndicates as well. So facing this rise in, in crime and in violence across the country, what are the authorities doing about it and how successful are they in trying to counter it? So the authorities have launched various anti-crime initiatives in coordination with the police and the security forces in the area. These measures are often temporary. They typically last around one to two months with a lot of the criminals either being arrested or they flee the urban centres and head up towards the highland or rural regions as well where they can evade police capture. And then once the operation is over and police presence subsides, crime often increases afterwards. Police also have a very limited capability to deal with such crime levels in the country as well, which compounds the rise in crime. So let's get into the current advice for people who are on the ground in Papua New Guinea at the moment. We would always say to have a pre-chip security briefing. That means making sure you're aware of the security measures needed to be in place, making sure you're aware of what is required for your journey management making sure you have contingency and emergency plans in place, that you're not traveling to certain areas, particularly the no-go areas of some of the cities and urban centers, having appropriate accommodation and transport arrangement, and making sure that you're not openly displaying large amounts of cash or wealth on yourselves. And you mentioned the difference between cities and more isolated areas. In, in terms of moving around the country, what's the advice of people who have to do that? So we would always advise that all movements around the country be with security escorts so that you remain safe on all journeys, particularly with the high prevalence of carjackings and attacks on the rural roads. The driver should be following defensive driving measures. Windows and car doors are locked. You remain vigilant of your surroundings, particularly ahead of stoppages or ahead of traffic as well. You shouldn't travel at night because there is a particular spike uh, in the early hours of the morning with some of these attacks happening and you should have journey management and checking procedures in place for all road movements as well. Are there particular dangers that people should be on the lookout for? Female travellers remain at particular threat of sexual violence in the country. A recent statistic in May 2022 stated that 60% of women under the age of 50 have been subject to some form of sexual violence. 
So in terms of female travelers entering the country as well, we would always advise that they have personal alarms available on them, uh, which can be provided by some of these security escort companies as well. If you do go out to a bar, it should be with a trusted local contact and ideally not after darkness. And you should ensure that you're with a security escort for all road movements and walking movements within the city as well. You mentioned there the risk of tribal violence. If you should find yourself caught in the midst of that, what should you do? Well, we would always say in advance it's important to have an evacuation plan and also have a grab bag of essential items, including a first aid kit in the event that you find yourself in a conflict zone as well. And in the first time of gathering, we would always advise to immediately leave the area where possible. And should the security environment in the area significantly decline, then we would advise to evacuate along one of the major routes, either via transport or through uh, aircraft towards a safe location. Looking forward, how do you see the situation in the country developing in the weeks and months ahead? In the coming weeks, I think it's unlikely there will be any revolution to the rising crime. There are various anti-crime initiatives that are being putting forward uh, for the likes of Ley and Port Moresby as well. Um, but as I mentioned, these are likely to come with temporary reductions in crime levels and then will rise in the near future. And then in the coming months, it's more than likely that this levels of crime and violence will be sustained as internal levels of migration continue, the proliferation of weapons and the cost of living continues to rise. So anybody who may be travelling to Papua New Guinea, say in two or three months' time, it would still be really important to get a proper security brief before you go. It's absolutely essential, bearing in mind that there's a high security risk going there to the country, and there are significant risks that you faced as a foreign national traveller going into the country. We would advise that you're making sure you are aware in advance of the trip and during your trip of any security instances or violent attack that may take place during your stay there. Alex Murray, Security Manager and Head of Information Analysis and Assistance for the ANZ Pacific Region at International SOS. Well, don't forget, you can get all the latest information and alerts on the situation in Papua New Guinea, as well as other hotspots around the world, from our website, internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out how to get in touch with us via our global network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thanks very much for listening, and goodbye.